G'day guys and girls and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. How you doing today, buddy? I am good. It's <laughs> gotten to <laughs> that... <laughs> I am good? <laughs> well, it's gotten to that point of the year where I feel like I've got a good team in salary cap. I've, my scores are good. I got 23-20 odd this week. And yet I dropped down in the rankings. Yeah, I think unless you're hitting those massive scores, I mean, there. I think par was almost twenty four fifty or something like that. If you wanted to move up, because yeah. there were some monster scores from players this week. A lot of teams are really finalised at the moment, yeah. so no more rookies on the field. Yeah. Unless you're a sucker like us who keeps getting forced <laughs> injuries every week, and that's still fielding. I'm still fielding a, a rookie on the field. I I don't have a rookie on the field, but I may as well with some of my point of difference players. They have just. Fallen in a heap. It's awful. And then the Hearn Donut. Oh, no. Where did that come from? Oh, God. We're going to get into it. We'll dive straight into the games from the weekend. The first one of the week, what was this? This was Adelaide taking on Essendon. Essendon just stormed home in the second half. Adelaide have just... Essendon have destroyed my tipping this year. Oh. They are so inconsistent, but their good is so good. It is so good. But And and at the same point, Adelaide have almost destroyed my tipping this year because (laughs) it's impossible to tip Adelaide. There's, there's games that they shouldn't win that they do. And there's games that they should absolutely win where they're up at half-time or so. They are just yeah. dominating, and then they just collapse. Yeah, it's been but, a bizarre year. Yeah, it has been a bizarre year, actually. So on the Essendon side of things, we had Zach Merritt, 126. Great job by him. I mean, yeah. he didn't look like he was going to do this, and he had one of the best fantasy second yeah. halves I've well, seen he, this year. He was one of the guys that we talked about briefly last week as a potential um, guy to bring in for Cogs. Yeah. I think he's got... Um, Gold Coast this week so he's still someone that you could be looking at I'm going to put a little bit of a caveat on this because did we notice last weekend or this weekend just gone that Gold Coast kept Paddy Cripps to 55 points and Mark Murphy to 74 points it seems to be what Gold Coast do where they just they latch on to the key movers of a midfield they still get destroyed in the game overall, and they let those secondary and tertiary players yeah, no, that's true. win the ball that's true. like crazy. I mean, the Murphy one, he was flying the first half and just dried up in the second half. And Cripps was tagged the entire game. Though. Yeah, Paddy, Paddy Cripps was basically... Just, well, he wasn't even tagged. It was a hard... It was a more of a hard run-with roll by David Swallow. It wasn't a, a full-on tag, because David Swallow got a fair bit of the ball on his own. And Yeah, um, Swallow is a natural ball winner, though. Which, so. Um, so if he's just played on Zach Merritt for the entire game, like what Paddy mm. Cripps went through. I, it's just a little bit of a caveat here. I, because I'm still confident with, in Merritt this week. I, not I, not a, a, like a monstrous score, but he'll still be good enough to be I, I would worth. assume that he'd still break the ton, but yeah, yeah. I'm just not... If you're thinking about putting the captaincy on him because he's coming up against Gold no, Coast... No, not a captaincy option, but, option, but yeah. I think he's worth someone looking at for your team. Mm-hmm. Mitch Brown, second high scorer for them with 113, and we move on, because that ain't happening <laughs> very often. A massive drop-off there, actually. because Actually, some of the Mitch Brown scores might surprise you. I don't want to talk about Mitch Brown for long, so go <laughs> go quickly. Well, well, the only other thing I've got written down is he had um, 81 versus North the week before, so... Nah. Nah. No, it's Mitch Brown. No interest Playing Gold Coast could be a plug-and-play oh. option. Actually, yeah, for one week. Not the worst option in the world. Yeah. yeah, In draft. Hmm? Um, Some of the other players there, uh, Mason Redmond is looking good for keeper league owners. He he looks really good, actually. He has the ability to find the ball. Um, And and foreshadowing what's going to happen later in the episode, Mm -hmm. he is owned by less than 50% of Ultimate Footy Leagues. Yes. Yeah. So there are many, many leagues where you could go, go and pick him up. 
Yeah, um, I, I forget who has the first pick in Brisket <laughs> for the Biscuit this week, but I have the odd feeling that we both might have him as one of our selections, so we may have to toss a coin later in the episode. Um, and some of the other players, look, uh, it's a lot of draft. <laughs> a lot of draft-related guys, guys you know? yeah. Um, Dyson Heppel was... He had a great second half, but he was nowhere in the first. Yeah, and I did see a headline today where he might be in a bit of doubt for this week as well. So he's still got that lingering issue that he's been dealing with for the last few weeks. So, yeah, so we'll, we'll have to see what happens there. And then not too much really to write home about for the rest of the Essendon players. So Adelaide side of ledger, some pretty big scores here. Riley O'Brien is averaging 97.4 for the year now. That is his year <laughs> This is average. amazing. I... The fact that I didn't pick him up when he was 274k or whatever he was at the start. It, oh. I mean, yeah, it hurts. But the reason why you didn't oh. is the reason why so many didn't, which is that Source Jacobs was out for a one-week injury. That's all it was supposed to be. And then O'Brien dominated. And then well, Source was out for a little bit longer. And O'Brien kept dominating. And now mm. he's clearly the best Ruckman in the Adelaide side. Yeah, absolutely. No yeah. question about it. He Source is... Jacobs is not coming back in while O'Brien is fit. No. So It'll be really interesting, actually, to, to see what happens in the off-season and pre-season there. Well, weren't they talking about possibly picking up Grundy or trying to get Grundy before? Did yeah, they were. I, does, there was a lot of talk about them going after Grundy. Has Grundy re-signed now? I don't think he has. So, if he hasn't, why would Adelaide care about getting Grundy? Because O'Brien looks oh, like they wouldn't. Gun. They wouldn't anymore, but... Grundy would have been playing that to get more money in his contract, yeah, and now he doesn't have that lever anymore. That's yeah. probably why he hasn't re-signed yet. Um, Brody Smith has had a bit of a role change. He is playing mm. mid-forward almost at the moment, and he's scoring well because of it. Um, I'm not... Uh, look, in salary cap, no. In draft leagues, look, someone already owns him. He does, And if, who, if it's not you, they're selling high at the moment. So yeah. you're going to have to pay overs for what his average is, really, because that role is friendly at the moment. Um, I wouldn't bet on it continuing this kind of scoring I wouldn't least. be going after him no no so um, Brad Crouch though oh my god I would just oh. getting the job done every if, week if you had him in a keeper league geez how happy would you be he is absolute gold um, just fingers crossed there's no more injury issues from past years because he's just been why a why did you say that oh, he's no. gotten so far through the year oh, why no. would you say that <laughs> I don't need another forced trade, I'm sure dude. someone at some point has said it before me. I'm sure of it. Um, Tom Lynch came back into the side. 112 from him. We know how good he is for draft But owners. was sore during the game, mm. so there is talk where he may not get up for next week. Yeah. Fingers crossed he does, because he... Uh, yeah. If you've held him for this long in a draft league, you'd be filthy if he's in for one and out again. Yeah. Uh, Rory Sloan caught the tag again, kept him to 86, which is not enough. So if you own him in salary cap leagues, he's one that has to mm. go soon. Um, Riley Knight for 81 has been pretty good since he came I've back really into the side. Him. Yeah, he's available in 25% of... Uh, mm, of someone's done some research. He, he was one that I had a look at. <laughs> and he's probably one of only two others that I had a look at for my list. But yeah. he's, he, Since he came back into the side, he's been pretty strong. Um, but he does play that iffy wing role. So. Yeah, the only downside of this is he is sort of on the fringe of the team a little bit. And after a loss like this at home... You know, it seems easy for the coach to just swing the axe on a young yeah, player like but that. He, he, they, he shouldn't. The fact that he is young, I feel might hold him in slightly better stead. Yeah, look, he should Because have, they need to rejuvenate their list a little bit. He should keep his spot on the side, absolutely no question for me. But um, it just seems like an easy thing for a coach to do to, 
you know, um, send a, a young player like that back mm. to the twos rather than like a, a Taylor Walker or a um, <laughs> Tex. Yeah, I, I can't believe I almost picked him in our top up keeper league this I'm year. Gl- I'm glad you didn't. But then again, you did take Tom Hickey over Rowan Marshall. And we're moving on to the next game. <laughs> um, Richmond versus Port Adelaide. Look, Richmond too good here. Uh, they had a couple of players break the ton in Dion Prestia and uh, Tom Lynch. Another Tom Lynch breaking the ton this week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Tom Lynch looked really good actually. He was just dominant upfield. And but but this was bad port. This was bad port, and bad port is very bad. Bad port is good so port bad. Is amazing, and yeah. yeah, there's no middle ground, is there? There's no middle port. <laughs> there's only good port or bad port. So uh, who's going to rock up next week? I have no idea. But, yeah, Tom Lynch absolutely dominated. Dusty Martin, 94. You'd be happy with that, or you'd be okay with that. You'd be okay with that, but yeah. not overjoyed. Yeah, um, particularly for salary cap owners, obviously, who've got itchy trigger fingers at the moment, uh, yeah. if you're in the luxury trade position. If um, you're in the luxury trade position, I've got no issue moving Dusty on. Well, um, I'd rather keep Dusty over someone like Basher Hawley who had a good game yeah. last week, but is really getting to be much more inconsistent than he was earlier in the year when we all brought him in as... He was almost averaging 110 or something ridiculous. Yeah, he had a really good month. Over a five- or six-week period, I think it was. So a little mm. bit longer than that. Um, look, there, because there are good scoring midfielders out there, obviously players like Tom Stewart, like um, Lockie Whitfield, if you hadn't brought him back in from your injury yet. Um, yep, absolutely. Uh, Zach Williams is dominating at the moment, playing a lot in the midfield with uh, with Kelly being out and mm-hmm. obviously Cornelio being out too. So, yeah, there, there's some good scoring defenders out there. And if Basher Hooley is weighing your team down a little bit, you're in the luxury trade position for salary cap owners, Yeah, I don't mind getting rid of him. Um, yeah, because I, I a don't... lot of the competition owns him and you might get a leg up on yeah, him. Yeah, no, I don't mind it either. Uh, anyone else you want to talk about from Richmond? There's, there's just a lot of draft-relevant players. Yeah, nice to see Jack Graham. Have a decent game yeah, from a draft perspective. He's only decent, though, because he's a midfielder, isn't he, yeah. in Ultimate Footy? So these 79s or 80s... He's not quite enough, but it's yeah. good to actually see some signs of life from him. So. Exactly, yeah. So I just, That's all I've got to say. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to the power, because there's a couple here I want to talk about. Carl Amon, a uh, good young kid. Hopefully he gets a run through the guts, because he's got the ability to find the ball. But you'd think with... Ollie Wines to come back into the side. I think he's probably the first to lose midfield time. I think Wines might have had a setback. Oh, okay. So, so I vaguely remember reading something about it. Okay, that'll well, that would make things interesting for draft league because yeah. he's available in a few leagues out there. Um, Matty Broadband came back in from his uh, his mental health break and dominated this game again with a mm-hmm. hundred. I wonder if that meant less time down back for Rocky to drift in and take those uncontested marks and. Possibly. I, I think uh, this sounds like something too obvious to say. So Rocky scored 90 here. Not mm-hmm. not his best. We know he can do better. He's scraping by. But look, I, I feel like it's way too obvious to just say he scores much better in wins for Paul than he does in losses. But he, he well, gets a lot of his points from those cheap dinky plus sixes in the back line where he runs into defense and he gets plus 12 or plus 18 absolutely. in the last and in, few minutes. And in red time. So and that's the crucial thing. You're not going to be doing that if you're losing in exactly. red time. Exactly. So you're going to be trying to push the ball forward as quickly as possible and he's not getting onto as many of those chains. He, he's not an explosive burst through exactly. the lines you type player. You want to get to Robbie Gray or, or Travis Boak even this year has been really good at that. Xavier Dersmer or a run with player like that. Um but, yeah, Rocky, so if Port are losing, and they do quite often this year, so they're either really good and Rocky is so, good So what you're result. saying is good Port is good Rocky? Yes. Bad Port is bad Rocky? Yes. 
because 90s aren't good enough at this point of the season for a salary cap midfielder. Absolutely not. not. And he had an 88 last week as well. So that's two bad scores after his massive 150. So if he has another one next week and Port have another poor game, I'd write him off. I, I don't want that weighing down my salary cap side at this point of the year. Fair enough. And again, he's a popular player. So getting rid of him after next week, obviously, I want to give him one more. Um, but if you do get rid of him, it might give you a leg up on the competition. I'm going to have a look and see who they actually play this week. Because that might... Uh, Port are playing... They've got Giants. Giants. So that's going to be a tough midfield game. Because even mm. though Giants have lost a couple of midfielders, Toby Green stepped in, Zach Williams has stepped in. Yeah. Those guys are good players. So be interesting to see. Uh, Zach, Scott Lysett has really fallen away after his dominant month or so. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would be jumping off Scott Lysett if you managed to bring him in during that period, maybe for Max Gorn's injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Xavier Dersma, just quickly, what did you think of the uh, the archery celebration? I love it. I love it too. I love it. I don't I, get why there's such an issue about it. I kind of get the commentator saying, you know, you're behind by 25 points or so. You know, if, if this had been a, a kick for a goal that had put you in front or had put you within like five points or so. He's a young guy enjoying his footy, trying to pump his team up. Like, I get that argument to an extent, but at the same time, exactly. Like, let, let the kid play. Let, let him have some fun. That, that was awesome to watch. Yeah. Um, next game of the round uh, was Carlton taking on the Suns. We For most of it, this was actually a quite an enjoyable game to watch. Yeah, I thought it was. It was pretty competitive. Yeah. Gold Coast sort of kept in intact. Yeah. Um, they could have got there, but they just didn't have the touch coming out of their back line, I didn't think. Yeah. So um, that that was all that held them up, really. Yeah, particularly early in the game. they just Their disposal wasn't amazing. Yeah, they just but kept it, turning it over to Colton. Just uh, Weedering racked it up. Um, Casbolt racked it up, taking contestant marks out there as well. Mm. So, you know, if Casbolt is dominating like that... And, and just quick, something's wrong. Yeah, quick word. If Casbolt scores 40 points more than Paddy Cripps, something is really wrong. So, <laughs> um, let, I know he's not the highest scorer, and we'll get to Ed Kernow quickly after this, but Paddy Cripps, oh my God, that was woeful. So many people brought him in as well because he was taking on Gold Coast. He was supposed to yeah. dominate. He's had 260s on them in his past two matchups with Gold Coast. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's had a 94 on his way back from injury, and that yep. was okay, respectable. You know, it's a stepping stone, mm. and he was cheap. So that's another, Very cheap. was another good reason to bring him in. And he got 50 bloody five. He, it, oh, my God. It was just... The, he, it was garbage. It was pure garbage. He just couldn't touch it. And when, and when he did, it was just a dinky handball. Yeah, we, we talked about the fact that I, it was David Swallow who was on him for pretty much 80% of the match, and... It wasn't a super hard tag. David Swallow was also trying to win the ball. Mm. So Paddy Cripps just... Look, I'm a bit forced at the moment to give him one more week. Yep. But if you bought him in and you don't have any forced trades or issues... If you got a luxury rookies, trade... Get him out because yeah. he looks absolutely terrible at the moment. He doesn't look like Paddy Cripps. And teams know now that if you stick anyone near Paddy Cripps... At the moment, at the the moment, moment. in his current physical condition, he's struggling. He is really struggling. So I I saw a great tweet from someone, I can't remember who it was out in the the Twitter sphere, but said something on the lines of, uh, Paddy Cripps has the next five or six games, however many is left in the home and away season, Mm -hmm. to break the tag. Otherwise, 2020 is going to be a horrible year for him because coaches will know exactly what to do to stop him. That's true. I, I don't think it's quite as simple as that because he's been tagged before. It's just, I think it's just the wear and tear of being tagged every week for the entire year. Maybe, but after a break, I would have expected if that's the thing. You know? I, I don't, one week's not going to yeah, be enough 
I keep guess. get it. Like he's been carrying their midfield by himself the entire year. Yeah, that's a good point. Tagged every single week. Does that of put course, up a flag next year though? For picking him up the start might be a good yeah, idea. Yeah, get him but under hold, price to start the year for the whole season. Does that no, bring up an issue for you? Oh, I wouldn't. In salary keep, cap, he could be a good option as a if he's cheap to begin the year yep. and he starts the year off in good form when he's fit and strong and able to push through the tags. Mm-hmm. And when he starts to get a bit tired, maybe you move him on when he's made a little bit yeah. of money. Look, I'm, I'm, in draft, he'll he'll slide a, a bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm angry. I'm. Uh, I can tell. I'm frustrated. <laughs> I bought him in. Uh, you bought another Carlton player in Mark Murphy in, yep. and. Even though it was better, he didn't do what you assumed he would do. I was very happy with him up till half time, and then he really um, slowed down after mm-hmm. that. But I wasn't actually that upset because he wasn't Petty Cripps. Yeah, but those you know those tertiary players like Ed Kernow, like Sam Walsh, they did score mm. pretty well. Um, so those are the sorts of players I would load up on against the Gold Coast Suns. Yeah. Um, so Ed Kernow, just mentioning him as well, great with 125. He's had 300s in a row. Mm. Uh, Actually, it might be 400s in a row now um, this week. So he's looking great guns. He's a forward-eligible player. Don't Mm. mind the idea of bringing him in for someone of the likes of, you know, a uh, uh, Jack Siebel or someone like that who's really not pulling his weight at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Not the worst idea in the world. Not not the worst at all. I'm just sort of thinking whether I want to bring him in or like a Rowan Marshall or someone, that discussion we had last week. That's true. Um, Obviously, Price will will... have an impact. Yeah, but... so Ed Kurnow's a fair bit cheaper than yeah. Rowan Marshall. Um, I'd probably rather have Rowan Marshall. Yeah, me too. But, geez, Ed Kurnow is going great guns, and David Teague seems to like just playing him as a pure midfielder. Yeah. So he well, clearly... you, you mean giving Paddy Cripps some help in the midfield? Yeah. Well, he, wa- he wants some experienced bodies and some tougher bodies inside, and yeah. it's working for him. I mean, he's won four games or something like that, or three or four games? Yeah, he's having a great... Great caretaker role. Yeah. There's been a couple of guys that he's been trying through the midfield that I've quite liked the look of. Mm-hmm. Um, Silvani. Silvani's been playing on the wing a bit, hasn't he? Yeah, and I, he took a couple of centre bounces that I saw mm-hmm. on the weekend as well. I've really liked his last few weeks. Yeah, no, he's, he's been doing very looks well. Looks like he's turning the corner a little he's, bit. He's one to watch, but a lot of these watch guys for next year for Carlton, there's a big asterisk over them because who's the coach going to be and what's their style going to be? How are they going to structure the team up? If I knew it was going to be David Teague, I would be all over some of those guys. But, you know, is he just going to say, no, Jack Silvani, you're a a, a key forward in training or a third tall defender. You're not going to play midfield time like David was playing. So... Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd no, it's a fair point. Over them, he'd, he'd be on my watch list for drafts next year 100%. and for keepers as well because yeah. he's still young. There's a lot of Carlton players like that, isn't there? Yeah. Um, Shall we move on? Gold Coast, uh, massive scores on their side. Two mm. Miller with 143. Good to see took back and yep. playing in the midfield as well. Had 11 tackles. Um, Braden Fiorini had a good game with 125. Good bounce back. Interesting, just little thing. He's very underpriced. He was averaging 100. 12 mm. at one point this season after a few bad weeks he's brought that average down to 105 he can still score very well I'd be interested from a salary cap point of view if you have a player I'm like not Prince. but I was just about to say the reason I'm not super interested is because he's the number one tagable option for Gold Coast he's clearly their best midfielder and they come up against Essendon who is Essendon going to stick Dylan Clark onto he's going to go straight onto Braden Fiorini so yeah, um, yeah. yeah. For, for, for me, it's the main thing is the fact that he played Carlton. That's why he got such mm-hmm. a good score. Like as competitive as Carlton <coughs> have been, they're still giving up scores, and you see that with Gold Coast scoring well. Gold Coast don't score well. It's true, except, except against Carlton. except for Fiorini 
uh, a lot of weeks. This uh, is the first time he's cracked the ton since round 12. Yeah. So, so, it's, I'm so not, it's been a month. I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. Not interested. Six weeks it's been. Six weeks. Wow. Yeah, that has been a little while. Uh, well, um, yeah, and, and just the, the fact that they're playing Essendon and Dylan Clark. Just, just, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just, um, they've got a decent, cosy run up until the last game, and then they're playing, I think, Geelong in the last. So that real... No, GWS, sorry, in the last game. So yes. that really doesn't interest yeah. me. Um, Will Brody. Great yeah. to see him have a bit of a breakout game until he got injured. Yeah. But until then, he was... Playing really, really well. Yeah, no, he's um he's definitely playing through the midfield at the moment. But then again, we said that, and he got dumped <clears> at one <throat> stage after having a really good couple of games earlier in the year. So I'm still not sure where some of these Suns midfielders are at, to be honest. And keep in mind that um oh I've, he's completely escaped my mind. But the young um, uh, Suns back slash midfielder who's injured at the moment, um, Jack Bowes, coming back into that midfield next year. It'll be interesting to see if once they have those sort of three, you know, they've got Took Miller going through there, mm. they've got Dave Swallow, they've got Fiorini, they've got Bose. Brody yeah, should get, Brody should get a go through there. Don't get he me wrong. should. He maybe off the bench at that first rotation. Yeah. But, because uh, he, he he is a future midfielder for him. He's just gotta get a bit of a run at it. No question whatsoever. Um and then yeah look just still those developing players. Darcy McPherson I really like. He always tackles hard. There's, yeah. He's always into trying uh, in and under as well. He And he's someone yeah. that they rotate through the middle a little bit every now and then. So he's someone that could also take minutes away from Will Brody in the future. Um, but yeah, not not too much to write home about. Jack Lacocious, if he keeps playing this defensive role, yeah. and if they get a little bit stronger down back, could be a very interesting one because they like to use him as a distributor. Absolutely. I think he's really hurting Harbrow at the moment. So yeah, for... For um, keeper leagues, keep an eye out for Jack Lacocious. I mean, he'll be high on the radar anyway because he went to pick two. Yeah. But still. Yeah, um, he's had some good kicks this game, distributing it off halfback. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, next game of the round was Giants versus the Magpies. Giants just jumped the Pies. Smashed it. I did not see this coming with the injuries to their midfield. 50 points to seven or something like that at the end of the first quarter was ridiculous. That was amazing. Uh, Collingwood clawed it back in the second a little bit, but there was always that gap and they were never going to make it up. They never made it back. So, um, and just the fan... Oh, these are two fantasy-friendly teams. I (laughs) love when two fantasy-friendly teams play each other and do not give a shit about defensive play. No, it was just a shootout. It was amazing. don't care. So, we'll go through the Giants. Tim Taranto is just... So good. He, how is he? 22? 21. 21. I think. This is his third year. He's He's going to be amazing in a couple of years' time. Yeah, absolutely. So, just to go back a couple of drafts, was it Cam Rayner with the first pick? Rayner, Taranto, McCluggage. Oh no! It was the one before. Was it the one before? I'm just trying to think who the first McGrath. was. McGrath, that was it. So I'm not sure how Essendon would feel. Don't get me wrong. I like Andy McGrath, yep. and he's still got something to show. But oh, Taranto. Taranto and McCluggage are so good; they are off the charts. So yeah, yeah that I'm know, really that looking forward to. Great. I'm really looking forward to the comparisons of them with the 2001 Super Draft top three <laughs> oh, man. in a couple it's, of years' time. It's, it's already great. started. It's going to be amazing in oh. a couple of years. So yeah, he, he's just gold for fantasy this year, and it looks like he's going to be gold for fantasy going forward in his career. No question. Zach Williams, yeah. we mentioned him, 122 this week. He's playing a bit more in the midfield. That role won't last when Kelly comes back. I wouldn't assume Kelly's probably, yeah, probably got two not. more weeks out. I would say. 
because um, it was listed as two to three, and I think they'll err mm. on the safe side if they are safely in the finals. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that Zach Williams, for the next couple at least, will score well. Plus, they're playing Port, so it could good be Port or it bad could Port, be good Port. You, That's you the question. Um, Jezza Cameron kicked six goals, so had a good game. Yeah, it's, it's all about hitting the scoreboard for him. Now, Toby Green's the interesting one for me. He's very interesting. 621000 in salary cap. Is that all? That's it. You make money going down from someone like Jack Zebel to Toby Green. You make Ooh. 40K. I've done that I at like the moment. It. I like it. Because he is playing pure midfield at the moment with Cogs out. Yeah. Um, he's still hitting the scoreboard a little bit. I mean, he, he got the two goals in this, which helped pump him up mm. plus 110. But, yeah, the, and the week before, he was 135 directly in the midfield. Um, How much did you say he was? He was 620k, I believe. So he is a straight swap for Paddy Cripps. There you go. Straight swap. Literally a straight swap. So you could play him in the midfield for one week and then switch him out for an underperforming forward maybe next week and then bring in another midfielder. Um, Yeah, I love that move too. Just, I'm definitely bringing Toby Green into my side this week. Uh, because yeah, who who else are they going to play in the midfield? You know, and well, he's short a, of bringing the strong midfielder. Yeah, I mean, I thought they'd bring Hately back in for another go, but yeah, you wouldn't be doing that with Green playing like yeah. this. And I like the fact that Ian Hill is still performing quite well. That players like Brett Daniels are performing very well. Yeah, those so are they your can small afford... forwards. They can lose Green. Yeah. So yeah, and and also, what's the name? Uh, is it? Um, it's not Haynes. It is Himmelberg. That's the one that who's a really good second tour, a third tour, really behind Finlayson. So yeah. they've got a good forward lineup. They don't need Toby Green up there. No, not um, at the moment. Great option. He's sure solid, and Lockie Whitfield just does what Lockie Whitfield does with 109. <laughs> he can yep. go bigger than that, which is what we're all expecting. Absolutely. Um, so now the uh, interesting thing for me is uh, going over the Magpies, Brody Grundy. Is clearly putting together the best fantasy season by a Ruckman of all time. There's no question about that. Um, <laughs> I can't argue I'm, with that. I'm just trying to think, was Dean Cox back in the day? I mean, it was Dean Cox and Aaron Sanderlands. Mm-hmm. Now, those were the two you chose, yep. pretty much. Yeah. Every single if you're year, going set and forget, you. yeah. Um, and maybe there was Darren Jolly chucked in the mix one, one year or two. Yep. But um, is Brody Grunny better than... Either of those who were in their day, I know As he's a scoring. Perspective. I know he's scoring more points, but the points seem to have gone up since then. So you're talking anyway. from a fantasy point yes, of view, yeah? yeah, from a fantasy point of view. I, I know feel th- like he is. There might be some recency bias there, and I don't have any numbers to back it up. He but is, he, he just for me. He feels phenomenally good. It, it is ridiculous the fact that he's putting together what thirty disposals in this game. Thirty mm. disposals with forty-eight hitouts and nine tackles. I mean, yeah, those are just stupid numbers. That that is ridiculous. Yeah, I've heard them described as video game numbers. Oh, they literally they are. are. They're video game numbers. It's from AFL Live. That's what it is. It's it's when you used to have the solo player that would just yep. run around, and all you would do is hang around near the ball. Oh, that takes me back. Jeez. So, here's another question for you: Grundy Gorn, is that the best? fantasy ruck combo that we've ever seen as well yeah it is it's better than Sanderlands and Cox for fantasy I mean like I said the the numbers have changed somewhat the scoring is a lot higher now than it was back 10 years 10 years ago uh, hmm. but I, I guarantee that just the, the way that these guys are playing they're just so and and I can't think of another word except to steal the uh, the deep, uh, Dream Team Talk boys uh, piggish they're piggish 
Mm. I mean, it is ridiculous, and, and I love watching it. It's great. It's great to watch. Um, Taylor Adams, strong comeback from him with 111, and good to see Adam Trelaw score yes. well. So they that both was scored very well. I suppose the big thing for me uh, at the start of the year was what happened when he threw Beams into that mix as well. But Beamer with his unfortunate season-ending injury, I think. Mm. I think it's season-ending, at least. I don't think we're expecting to see him back. Yeah. At um, least in the, the um, home and away season. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's unfortunate, but it means there's more points to go to those two guys. Yeah. Particularly Adam Trelaw. And they're, they're clearly the two prime movers. Yeah. Scott Pendlebury uh, came back from a couple of poor weeks. Steel side bottom, very solid. Mm-hmm. And Jack Crisp just keeps on keeping on. This guy is just absolute yep. gold. Um, Tom Phillips hasn't been performing as well as he was. Uh, a lot of people were expecting him to last year. He's yeah. in a bit of a form slump at the moment. He's dropped off a um, bit. But again, some of these guys through the midfield. Scott Pendlebury's not exactly young. Uh, Steel side bottom again. He's not exactly no. young either. Um, so, yeah, I think as some of those guys start to age even more and start to maybe mm. play more backline, halfback or something like that yeah. roles, he will play even more through the midfield. I, yeah, I agree. Uh, anyone else you want to talk about from a Collingwood point of view, Matt? Uh, not really. I think we'll move over onto the Brisbane North Melbourne side. And, oh, my, I love watching Brisbane play. <laughs> I could this watch, is good. Yeah. I could watch Brisbane play every single weekend, every single round. They are amazing. Um, they are fun to watch. They're also difficult to score against from a fantasy perspective. Mm -hmm. Uh, Quick uh, word on Jared Lyons from a non-fantasy point of view. I'm sure you would have seen so many articles. Do the Gold Coast Suns actually get some sort of punishment from the AFL, considering how much the AFL are giving them in in monetary, (laughs) you know, draft picks? Yeah. The fact that they delist Jared Lyons, delist him, just throw him out there. It made no sense at the time. It makes it, even less sense now. It just—it's mind-boggling. I—I I, I can't think of another word for it. It, yeah. it is exactly what they need. They need another strong body around the ball who can distribute it out to some of their younger players who aren't tough enough to play mm, on the who inside. Who have some yet. pace? Exactly. Players like Braden Fiorini, or I mean, Took Miller's pretty strong himself. Don't get mm. me wrong, but. Um, you know, some of those younger guys, like Lockie Weller, get it out to him on the outside. Yeah. Um, and he's perfect for but them. Very interesting decision yeah. from a list management perspective. Terrible decision. Just bad decision. Um, I think there was some contractual stuff going on in the background no, as well. There, but There had to be something. And I would like to see exactly what that was because that would add some context to this. But at the moment, it just seems like a poor list yeah, management. I, I don't think it was as simple as they didn't want him. I think they didn't want to pay him as much as... Yeah. But he was worth. From a fantasy point of view, for our podcast, I'm not looking at him in salary cap. He's not. Oh that no, good. absolutely not. But for draft league owners, just the man of mystery is together. back. He's back. He's not mysterious anymore. That everyone knows him. <laughs> um, Dane Zorko, 103, with an injury from him, so that was good to see. A little bit of a drop off there. I mean, Lockie Neal's not hitting the heights he was at the start. He's of the getting season. hammered though. He is. He's really doing is. well to get to 84 with the the just. The and then, barrage. And this is copying. where Jared Lyons is starting to reap the benefits because he's people, just he's getting off the leash. Exactly. And Daniel Rich is putting together a solid season for draft owners as well, which is mm-hmm. good. See, he's averaging over eighty. So for the year, which is a defender, you're pretty happy with that. Very. Um, Who else we got? Uh, not too many. They ex- drop off a bit after yeah, that. Yeah, because both I- these teams, Brisbane and North, 
restrict opposition scoring a yeah. lot. So the top end this guys, is, even the, the very top end guys, were only just breaking the time yeah. in this game. This is the exact opposite of a fantasy game to what we just talked about. <coughs> the yeah. other two teams, the Giants and the, the the Pies, they do not care about opposition. Whereas these two teams are super defensive and they're all about restricting through tackles and pressure. Yeah. Uh, whereas the others just want to move the ball quickly with flashy disposal. But and Interestingly, there are a lot of guys that seem to be on track for good scores in the first half of there this really game. There really were, yeah. Usually, it's the opposite. Like, it's <laughs> restrictive in the first half, and then the third quarter it breaks open. Mm-hmm. It was almost the opposite in yeah, this one. It was Really strange. weird. Um, on the North Melbourne side of the ledger, uh, Sean Higgins back from injury, 116 from him. He was great. Is that... Do you think that might negatively affect Jack Zebel? We've talked about it a little bit. 100%. The fact that when the game was on the line, right towards the Mm. end, with the last 15 minutes or so to go, he got chucked to full forward. Zebel? Yeah, Zebel. And he did not score from there on. I think with like 12, 13 minutes or so to go in the game, he was on 75 points. He stayed on 75 points. Well, Um, for, for me, it's also a case of... Game on the line. Who do you want in the midfield getting the ball out? Surely you want your best. You want players Higgins. In there. Yeah, you want Higgins. You want your creative player. I would have thought you wanted um, Zebel too as your ball. But he but he is a good target in the forward yeah. line. They've already got a ball in Ben Cunnington as well. Yeah. So yeah, I I Higgins is really creative. So I think he's absolutely going to impact on um, Zebel's midfield minutes. Which is why I'm trading Zebel out this week. So if you have Zebel as a POD, you. I think it's just going to contribute to you sliding further down the ladder. And I think that's all we'll talk about this game for, because it is, like I say, not a fantasy-friendly game. Yeah, even the draft guys were really sort of yeah. well-held. So, Dockers versus Swans. This was on a pretty wet and windy night. It was pretty ugly to watch the weather out there. Jake Lloyd just racked it. In the first quarter, I think he was on 50 points, so he was yeah, he always was. going to be in for a solid score. Um, I don't know why I'm reading out the Swans first. I feel like I should read Fremantle out first, because they did win the game. <laughs> But it's Fremantle, so... I guess. Well, you've started with the Swans. <laughs> May as well keep going. It's a good bounce back from Parker after a couple yep. of quieter weeks. Yeah, I think it was just a one quiet week, actually. Was I think he, he's dominated, and then he had one game of 76 or so last week, and then he's he's come back with 116. Mm. So this is good for owners to see. Dane Rampey with 105 there was super solid, so he's more of a streamable draft guy. Yeah. Um, unless great you're great to have on your league. bench just to you know plug and play if you need yeah, someone because he's always playing. Hayden McLean. Where the hell did this guy come from? I have no idea. Well, I, I don't even know who he is. I don't know. I don't know where he came from, and I don't know where he went either because he was on eighty-five points like a three-quarter <laughs> time, and he didn't get anything from there. But uh, he was, yeah, he was super solid. I think I saw somewhere that he was only averaging fifty-four fantasy points in the Neafel prior to this. <laughs> yeah, you did see that. Yeah. So, um, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> I did not know, and he was he was rucking, wasn't he? He was uh, rucking. He's, yeah. he's the number one. He was the number one ruck. Um, so yeah. he was going up against three opposition ruckmen, and yeah. he managed this. It was a really, really good effort. Six, he had the eight tackles in there, so I'm wondering if the weather really played some sort of part. And it's not Possibly. really hard to tackle Aaron Sandilands at the moment. Um, <laughs> it's not very mobile at the moment. No, he doesn't. He doesn't move. <laughs> uh, he's like a, a large willow tree, so <laughs> uh, it'll hurt to tackle, but it's not hard to do it. Um, so yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to put a watch on him for the rest of the year. Mm. Um, I'm not rushing him into any draft sides or anything like that. No, though. Fair enough. Um, for keeper leagues, yeah, row bottom. 
Yeah, I love forty-nine percent yeah. owned in Ultimate yeah, Footy. I think really good stats um, yeah. at underage level as well. Yeah, and he looks really composed when he gets the ball, yeah. and he's a good decision maker. Definitely keep an eye if you're yeah. in a deep keeper league, stashable, yeah. easily stashable. Seventy-nine, eighty-seven, seventy-seven, eighty-one is last four mm-hmm. for an eighteen-year-old. That's very, very stashable. Really good, um, Isaac Keeney. Bit of an injury there, poor score. I think you just need to move him on. Unfortunately, if you're still rocking with him in your forward line, because he is a point of difference and he's not not a good one. Yeah, <laughs> not a good one. <laughs> a good one. Um, we'll go over onto the Dockers side. Yep, which Alrighty. is probably where I should have started. Uh, Luke Ryan has up and good down, game, up and down year, but this is a good game. This is a good game. He's the port of players, and I love it. Um, <laughs> Reese Conker, one hundred eight, good score from him, but he's just nothing to not write home about. Now. Uh, Andy Brayshaw, love seeing this from a young player like him. This is great, yeah. We're all waiting for the third-year breakout next year. I think there's I'm looking so, forward to it. so many coaches going to be jumping on him next yeah. year. It's um, not funny. He would have got extra midfield minutes, Fife being out, so yeah. it'll be interesting. Um, I think the word is Fife won't necessarily be back this week, so mm. it'll be interesting to see if Brayshaw can back this one that up. That was another one that ticked me right off. Infected Elwood, don't get me wrong. Like you, you need That to, sounds painful. You need to recuperate. You need to make sure you heal. But at the same point, just the amount of injuries us fantasy coaches have gotten over the year. And, oh and my infected God. elbow. Jeez. It reminds me of the year that someone was out with a detached retina. And you're just like, what even is this? <laughs> I don't know what this is. I respect the injury, <laughs> but at the same time... <laughs> what is going on? Uh, all right, so some of the other players there. Connor Blakely is just not doing enough. But keep an eye on it for next year because I... Surely, at, when he has a full preseason yeah. under his belt, he's back in the midfield. At this stage, I actually prefer him to continue underperforming so he loses money for next year. 100%. Um, and, yeah, Griffin Logue, just quickly on him, 56. He probably keeps his spot in the side, I would suggest, with a win. Um, mm. And For me, Demand's yeah. probably the guy that would be competing with him for a spot, and they're both in the side at the moment. Yeah. So, I think he holds. The first up Sunday morning this week was Geelong taking on Hawthorne. And a bit of a reversal of the Kenneth curse here. Just Geelong, I, I'm not sure what's going on there. Because <laughs> after the bye, they've completely dropped away in terms of their scoring ability. It's bizarre. Um, I think I read somewhere that it was almost 30 points less they were scoring after the wow, bye than that they much. were going in. Um, That's crazy. But yeah, it's, it's absolutely insane. So, And in terms of fantasy as well we only had the one player break the ton with Mitch Duncan who's been super consistent all year and you should absolutely look at getting this guy into your team yep. Joel Selwood and Paddy Dangerfield on 97 each they were solid without being amazing Paddy Dangerfield um, he did have Shields running with him all games so 97 is pretty good he man. did pretty well to be honest yeah. um, Tom Stewart 92 you'd be happy with that as well from a defender Yep. Um, yeah there's nothing else to write home about really I Ke- mean, Kelly's dropped off a bit I mentioned that last week, and mm-hmm. I was, you know, poo-pooed a little bit on the uh, the podcast. Yeah, possibly. But, um, because we talked about who you prefer out of Kelly or Rowan Marshall. Yeah. Um, I've come around to your thinking on this one, yeah, for sure. I think that Kelly just is a little bit susceptible to a tag. We're not really talking about, you know, Kelly being the number one with a bullet um, Brownlow <laughs> favourite at the moment. It's It's gotten a bit more even. Um, yeah, if... And the forward line is so chock full of just great performing players, you know? Yeah. Players like Rowan Marshall, players like um, Toby Green now, players yeah. like, jeez, uh, Billings, you know? Mm-hmm. so. And you always forget to mention Dunkley. I Every do. time. Well, surely everyone has Dunkley. If you don't have yeah. Dunkley after his past month or so, you're not in contention for the top 5,000, I would say. 
yeah, you're, if you don't have Dunkley, you're not in contention for your league, which realistically is what you're looking at. Unfortunately, yeah. So if you don't have him, you need to get him in soon, and you probably need to chuck the captaincy on him and just hope against hope um, yeah. for a few weeks because he can go big. Um, yeah, there's not too much else to write home about, I would say, from Geelong. Not really, so, no. And, and the same from Hawthorne as well. Liam Shields is a great draft player. We know he's been consistent over the years. And Daniel Howe with 108. Solid draft guy. Does have some job security issues. Um, I do <laughs> like him. Late, he was a late in as well for Grant Virtual. Yeah. And I do kind of like him long term as a bit of a depth player in mm. keepers and drafts, but nothing too exciting. Yeah, it'll just be interesting to see as well what happens when Virtual comes back because he did play just that little bit in defense. So he yeah. was starting off of halfback and... You know, he was getting a lot more plus sixes. He took 10 marks in this game. Daniel mm. Howe doesn't normally do that. No, usually he's an inside midfielder <coughs> slash half tagging. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, James Warple with 89. That was solid as well. Really, there's, there's just some average scores. I love what Oliver Hanrahan's doing. Um, mm, yeah. He's really putting up some solid scores and getting us that little bit of cash, which is yeah. going to help us do a downgrade when we hit finals and bring yep. in that player that we're yep. all really desperate. And in the meantime, he's at least an emergency option. Exactly. Um, and, ugh, Sicily. Oh, Jesus. We have to talk about him. Oh, just get rid of him. Like, yep. I'm, I'm desperate to get rid of him. I wanted to get rid of him the past three weeks um, before, you know, after each poor performance, but, you know, injuries, uh, yep. a lot of donuts, <laughs> uh, or potential donuts without having to cover for them. And, yeah, just, you need to get rid of him. He's... Not being played in a particularly fantasy-friendly role. Um, and with Grant Birchall coming back in... or I mean, Daniel Howe took 10 marks in this game. James Sicily wasn't taking all those extra plus sixes. And he made, he laid zero tackles in this game. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, at 5.42, you're not, not going to get a straight no. sideways swap. You're going to need... It's going to be a two-parter. You, you, you need to make a bit of cash yeah. to move him up to someone. Um, so, yeah, it's good luck. But you need to get him out. There's no magic bullet for this one. No. Um, okay, so next game was Melbourne versus West Coast. Uh, really close one at the end, actually. <laughs> West Coast just eked away in the last 10 minutes, I would say. And there were some solid scores in this as well. So on the uh, the West Coast side of the ledger, Dom Sheed is putting together a great season. Um, yeah. Players who went in on him at the start would be super happy. Draft coaches in particular. Yeah, I was going to say... There was Everyone went in on him to begin the year, yeah, and, then and then he had that, that that month where he just was very poor. And after everyone Gaff jumped off, in, but then he came back so, with a vengeance. Yeah, uh, Andrew Gaff solid without it being amazing, and Jack Darling good for draft owners here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Luke Shuey solid. Uh, Elliot Yo ninety one. He was on fifty three at three quarter time, um, and because he was mm. struggling with that. Oh God. I, I'll bring it up now. He was struggling with the Angus Brayshaw tag. Angus Brayshaw is tagging now. You own. You started the year with Angus Brayshaw in every format, every single format. You own him in a keeper league. Yeah, I've I, still got him in in every format except salary cap because oh, he's not God. worth anything to trade and no, redraft. You can't, you can't trade him out. And he's. I still think he'll come good in future years. So I'm oh, hanging on to him in keepers. God, you would hope so because. Oh, he will. He, he's too good not to. Third in the Brownlow, just. He's not being played in... I, I don't know what it is, to be honest, whether it's him or the coaching or the role. It's, it's I was actually looking at his numbers this morning. He started the year off reasonably well, fantasy-wise. Mm. Like, not blowing us out of the water or anything, but he had, I think, three tons in his first month. Yeah. So it wasn't terrible, but something just went horribly wrong mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, t- Elliot Yo was tagged by Angus Brayshaw, came back towards the end, which will be great for Elliot Yo's coaches, and everything is bad for Angus Brayshaw coaches at the moment. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, uh, just quickly on Francis Watson, really like the look of this kid in his first game. We know every yeah. preseason he puts in a really solid showing and then just doesn't get picked. Yeah, he, he's been on my watch list every preseason for like the last three or four yeah, years. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's pretty much since he was list. drafted. <laughs> um, and he's a really silky smooth sort of player. You can see why they brought mm. him in late for Hearn. And after this showing, I would suggest that you know if Hearn doesn't come back in, if he does succumb to that calf, which we I, I, probably need to mention quickly. Yeah. Uh, if he, if he, obviously, if he doesn't play, you need to trade him out yeah. this week. But. Um, even if he does play, I'd be, calves are tough. I'd be concerned with him having a calf issue. Yeah, if you've got a luxury trade and Hearn's in your side, I would trade him out even if he comes back this week. Yeah, I would as well. I mean, it's not like he's really got much of a case to hold his spot at the moment anyway. He's yeah. been pretty down since he came back from the, his last soft tissue injury exactly. this year. So, um, and, and just quickly back to Watson, um, what I was saying is even if Hearn comes back, I would suggest that someone like uh, maybe a... Um, Nelson, uh, Jackson Nelson or <clears throat> Jake Waterman loses their spot ahead of Francis Watson because he looked superb. Looked very good. I, I quite like him as a downgrade option in defence this week. Yeah. Uh, on the Demon side, Bailey Fritch, four goals, two. What the hell was that? 14 marks? <coughs> Jesus. Just reminding everyone that he's actually good at footy. Yeah, he is good at footy, but at the same time, he's not that good at footy. Surely he's not putting up that every week. <laughs> That was it. Was amazing. Dude. It was and, really and good. He looked very good last year, and he's just fallen off. Well, he was the number one Bailey. He was, and this year Bailey the Bailey watch one. has been that bad. We haven't even done it. So. No, I refuse to mention Bailey watch. To be honest, um, <laughs> so uh, Bailey Smith probably moves. I know he's not scoring super well at the moment, but uh, just based on future potential, he moves to number one almost. Well, we don't know because there hasn't been enough to actually I'm do not Bailey watch. Official Bailey watch, Matt. <laughs> um, Christian Salem, one hundred twenty-three. He's really moving up the defensive rankings and with players like Sicily and Hearn you know mm-hmm. if you've already got players like Whitfield or Crisp or Stewart Salem's not a bad option he's 639 cheap. he's he's underpriced for what he can do yeah like he has the potential to pull these out he does and he's Melbourne's pretty terrible at the moment so it's in their defence well, a lot he's averaging mid 90s so it's not a bad year um, Clayton Oliver I don't think a West Coast player went near him all game it was <laughs> it was really surprising um, and the only thing that held him back, I think, was uh, the lack of marks and the high handball kick ratio. So yep. it was 22 handballs to 12 kicks, and he only took two marks for the game. Vintage Oliver. Exactly. <laughs> um, James Harms, 106, and Max Gorn, pretty much smack on 100 with 101. Yep. Um, Marshall is edging ahead of him, as if you've, loaded your <laughs> yes. for- if you've loaded your forward line with a lot of the high-performing forwards... And you're trying to choose between Max Gorn or Rod Marshall as your second ruck behind Grundy. It's Marshall at the moment. It is at the moment, yeah. Yeah, it's which is weird. I can't believe I'm saying that. Having said that, I wouldn't be going out of I my way to exactly. to switch it up because no. it could change at any moment, and mm-hmm. you've probably got bigger issues to deal with. It's not that big a difference at the moment. Uh, Jack Viney got injured. For any draft coaches who might be holding him, he had a concussion, um, and we know Jack Viney being in and under, they might. You know, take extra care with him uh, next week. Yep. Uh, and Christian Petrarca, once again, 55. Classic Petrarca. <laughs> Just bad scoring is classic Petrarca, I feel like. It's, that's, uh, what, that's how we'll describe it. Yep. Um, and we'll get into the last game of the round, which was the Saints taking on the Bullies. Uh, Saints lose their coach, so they win the game. It's just... <laughs> yeah, it's we knew it was going to happen. Um, 
And uh, yeah, so from there, they, they actually looked quite good as well. I didn't get to watch a lot of this game. I watched the replays, but they moved the ball well. They, uh, they spotted up targets incredibly well or better than they have been doing the last few weeks with under Richo. Um, Jack Loney coming back in with four goals, three and eight marks looked gold. And Billings, two goals and playing in through the midfield as well. Yeah, Billings just continues his great year. Keeps on keeping. Well, continues his great... Second half of the year. Uh, not even that. I guess it's everything bar the first month, pretty much. He, he yeah. just was so bad through that first month. And then, yeah, just... Been great Came since good. then. It's been awesome. Marshall, we've already touched on. Hunter Clark. Awesome. Hunter Clark. Now, uh, we, I don't know, we even know what kid. to say. He's playing more midfield minutes? No, he's playing more midfield, but he's also playing through defence. Mm. So I think he'll keep his defensive status for next year. 100% he will. So, um, And he, he's coming up to his third year next year. He's yep. going to be an interesting one to watch from both a salary cap point of view and also from drafts. So drafts, yep. he's moving way up the ladder. Way up. And for keeper leagues... Obvious. If he's not owned in your keeper league, grab him. Yeah, I think we said it last week. Go out one. and and grab him because he's showing what he could do at underage level. Eighty one percent owned. So yeah. there's a bunch of leagues out there where he's free. Mm-hmm. And if he uh, if he is so whoever whichever coach owns Hunter Clark, don't let him go because he is nope. awesome. He looks really good. He's playing in a great role. The only downside to it is the fact that they have so many midfield-type players um, at St Kilda. Jack Stevens got to come back in at some mm-hmm. stage. We know Akers goes through there every now and then yeah. uh, when he's playing. I uh, feel that he's got a little bit of pace. Like, he's not super some, fast, but he's got a, like, li- a little bit more pace than a lot of their other midfielders. Yeah, so. I, I saw an article that said he was he was played on Bontempelli a little bit during this game. Yeah. And he... Looked or he resembled. He was uh, Bontish. Bontish. He was Bontish. He's not Bontish. That's that is not the player comparison I would draw. Is no, not a chance. I don't know who wrote that, but that was <laughs> trash. Um, he's going to be a very good player though. Yes, he's, but he, not a Bontempelli type. He, no, he's not a Bontempelli type. He Bontempelli is very impact oriented. So he yeah. um, he's yeah. got those impactful possessions. He whereas Clark seems to be more of a rack the ball up type player yeah. so he's going but he's to still a good distributor he, of, by don't, foot don't get me wrong he is a good mm. distributor as well but I, I feel like Hunter Clark's not bursting through the middle of a clearance pack and running with the ball you no. know 20 metres quite like Bond no. does he's sitting metres. slightly off the back of the pack getting the ball turning distributing it yeah, really and, well, and then also racking up those extra plus sixes, yeah. which you the know what? doesn't do. Who we were just talking about? He could be a Salem type. Interesting off yeah. the halfback yeah, line. Yeah, maybe a little bit of that. Mm. Yeah, interesting option. Um, so yeah, he but he's a great, great young player. Make mm. sure you get him into your side if he's available. Uh, Nick Coffield starting to get more games and starting to yep. put together some more solid scores. He had two seventies in a row and now an eighty-two. Yep, not too bad from the younger young guy there. And this is what Hunter Clark had to do a few. At the start of the year, it was just about stringing yeah. games together. Yeah. That's what Caulfield's doing at the moment. And he's it'll getting be, more comfortable at the level. It'll He'll be continue to improve. see how it can, or whether it can improve. Because he took the eight marks in this game, which is exactly what he was mm. doing at underage level. It was all about playing on halfback and getting into the right yeah. positions. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and that's, that's all I really want to bring up from Saints. I mean, we know Hind, we all brought him in as that bench cover at best and... He's yeah. So his scoring's dropped off. He's probably going to be moved out of the side. So hopefully yeah. you have a player like Buley or someone like that who can come in and play for you as bench cover. Um, yes, Bulldogs. 
McRae Dunkley. McRae Dunkley. Do what they do. One-two punch. They are yep. awesome. Um, yeah, Easton Wood was solid. Crozier as well. He's got some value in draft mm. leagues um, because he has... Look, I, I think he's got the ability to score quite consistently in the mid-80s, Hayden Crozier. Agreed, so, yeah. In terms of value, I don't mean necessarily go out and buy him now. No, but I wouldn't manage, be chasing him. If you but... manage to pick him up off the waiver wire and you've got him and you don't necessarily need that extra defender, mm. you might be able to get a little something for him. Yeah, I don't mind that, particularly with um, Caleb Daniel back. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> because they both play that kind of distributing, rebounding role. But I think they preferred in um, Daniel's hands, okay. so I think it will it will eat into a little bit of um, mm-hmm. his score. Yeah, uh, Bontempelli, uh, right down the bottom there, sixty five. Look, he was the one that was looked after by Steele in the midfield. I was yep. speaking to a, a Saints fan in the office who said, you know, who do you think Steele's going to go to? I think he's going to go to um, Dunkley, and I just said, no, there's no chance he's going straight onto Bontempelli. Because that's what, AF, you know, obviously after the big hoorah of Dunkley going yep. 180 plus or 190 or whatever he did the, the week yeah. beforehand, everyone goes, oh, he's going to go to him. So like, that's fantasy. Who cares about that? He's still a, yep. you know, in and under. Yep. S- He'll get the ball 30 times, but probably 10 or 15 of them are really impactful if, possessions. If Dunkley gets the ball 35 times, it is a lot, uh, it is nowhere near as damaging as the Bont getting it 25. 20 to 25 times, yeah, I would agreed. say. So it's agreed. all about trying to minimize the Bont's influence, and he was always going to get tagged. He will continue to be tagged as well. Mm-hmm. So if you do own him, he's definitely one of those point of differences that was going solidly, but you need to move him out now. Agreed. agreed. Uh, just like me, because I think <laughs> you're stuck with him as well. And I was going to move him out <laughs> last week, but then and injuries. And oh God, Patrick Lipinski. I mean, oh, oh wow. If you have him, just seriously... Just get him out any way you can, you know. Do whatever you can. He's, um... Oh, just his last month has been horrifyingly bad. Yeah. So, but <clears throat> if you grabbed him in a keeper league, you you hang on to it. You hang on. There's no value now to trade him. The value was a few weeks ago. So yeah. the value was four weeks ago when he put together a couple of hundreds. Yeah. Because what you saw of that four weeks ago where he was going well is what he will do in future. It's always what he can do in the future, but it's what yeah. he should be able to if he's played in the right roles and beverage doesn't beverage yeah. things up. Um, so that was the uh, the games for the round and mm-hmm. we are going to jump straight into the questions off Twitter. So uh, we got a few questions to get through and for once we did a little bit of research before <laughs> the podcast. So hopefully you it's shouldn't say that because helpful. we're setting the... Oh, we don't do any research normally so it's it's a pretty low jump um all right so first question from adam knox he's saying uh he's got 2k oh he's 2k off already has Stuart lloyd led crisp sicily sitting at 241 ranks so don't want to get someone too popular uh thoughts on hunter clark or is it play it safe with hooli so he's he's 241 he wants to move up the rankings he wants yep. someone who's a bit of a yep. uh point of difference there we feel for you that you're those 2k off with oh, that would have been perfect the amount of dollars off bringing in the player i desperately want and then i'm left with garbage after <laughs> it um yeah it's just ridiculous so so first uh, of all congrats on the uh ranking yeah really good job man uh and uh second of all so you're looking for a a point of difference to bring in yeah um, Look, we're not massively sold on Hunter Clark no. for salary cap. Um, I, the big risk reward, so yeah. it could go really, really well. 
but it could also go really bad. Yeah. Um, um, and Hooley, I, I don't think he's performing super well enough now to be justified in the top six defenders. Uh, the ones that we like the look of, I mean, you can afford anyone bar Whitfield, which means you can go someone like Salem. Yep. You can go someone like Whitfield. Not with, sorry, uh, Williams. Sorry, Williams, Williams yep. from, uh, who's playing that midfield role. Yep. Um, and you Nick can, Newman. Nick Newman. To rank them, I'd probably be most comfortable with William because he's playing that midfield role mm-hmm. at the moment. But if he gets moved back to the back line, um, what that does to his scoring... He was scoring okay before that in the back line. And keep in mind, he's got that juicy matchup with Gold Coast in the last Round game 23. The, yeah. So if so, you're looking at you know trying oh, to push up in the last week, he's yeah. eventually... All of those guys we just mentioned, we quite liked their, um, their matchups moving yeah. forward. Yeah, so uh, I think those are three good options you yep. can go for. And yep. lower ownership as well. I'd yeah. say... I, I, I didn't check the ownership, but I think Williams is the highest of... Williams is 15% owned. Mm-hmm. Salem is... Just under six percent owned, and Newman is just under ten percent owned. So there you go. Maybe if you're looking for a real point of difference, Salem is the one to look yeah. at there. Yeah, um, it, and they all have good at matchups, all good options. Uh, next question comes in from T Mac, who's asking: In a single season draft, I've been hoarding the fir- waiver priority one since early in the season. Trade window just closed. I'm on. I'm first on points, but in a three-way battle on equal wins. Do I use my waiver this week on Daniel Howe? I'm playing a decent team and then third next week. Or do I wait until finals? Uh, okay, so pretty in-depth question there. And all, yep. it always comes down to who's available on your waiver list a little bit as well. So, um, I wouldn't be massively excited about going out to get Daniel Howe. No, well, we spoke about it earlier in the podcast about the fact that he came in as a last-minute replacement for Grant Birchall. If Grant Birchall does come back in, because it was just soreness that kept him out, surely with Cicely Birchall, um, Stratton, uh, Hardwick, players like that, Burgoyne, mm-hmm. who plays back there as well, he's not being played at half-back and racking up those mm, you know, no. 10 marks that he took this week. No. I mean, in his favour, they're playing in Tasmania, um, University of Tasmania Stadium. Yep. Always score well there. Um, the I, matchup, I'm... though, he's playing Brisbane. They don't tend to give up an awful lot of points at the moment. No. I And for, for me, the other thing, too, is where you are in, in your league. So you say you're first, but on points only. It's mm-hmm. a three-way battle. Yes, it would be awesome to have those top two spots sewn up for the double chance yep. or the, the week off or however your league's set up. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I'd rather keep that for finals, I think. Yeah, I, I'd say if you've been holding it for this long, hold on to it for finals just in case a player jumps out and really sort of becomes obviously the best br- yeah. person to bring in. Or maybe there's a, a guy who's playing, you know, Gold Coast in the grand final or yeah. something like that. So and because been- worst case scenario, if you end up in third... Is it going to make that much of a difference to you being first and having used the that number one waiver pick? Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Um, yeah, I'm not sold. Um, okay, so yeah, I, I wouldn't be doing it if I were you, T Mac. Um, next question comes in from Roy O'Bannon, who says, "I have Lipinski, Sicily, Cripps, and Zebel. In what order do I prioritize getting rid of these germs, mate?" Uh, yeah, mate. that sucks. Look, I feel for you. I've got three of them. I've got Sicily, Cripps, and Zebel. Um, and I've managed to get rid of two of them through some trading this week. Um, <laughs> Pre-teams. Yeah, exactly. Pre-team release. Um, but look, 
Uh, we, we had a little bit of a look into it, and I think the number one priority is Lipinski. Completely fallen off the bandwagon. His way. month is awful. His last month. And yeah. You need to get rid of him. Yeah, so absolutely. He, he's number one. No question <clears throat> about that. Um, I think the next one for me was Sicily. Yeah. Garbage at the moment. Yeah, absolute trash. And he, he doesn't look like he had one good match, mm-hmm. and in amongst that, five awful matches. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Sicily's next for me. Uh, and then I'd probably go Zebel. As, yeah. as my look, Zebel and Crips are sort of much a muchness there, but yeah. based on matchups, I like the fact that Crips is taking on Adelaide, who are one of the best teams for midfielders to score against in the yeah. league. So yeah. I'd give him one and more chance. Don't this week. usually run with a mid a um, tagger or too much of a run with yeah. rule. And if you're like me, Roy, you probably brought Crips in this week. So maybe give him two weeks in your side. I know he was trash this week, but just give him one more. See what he can do. Um, so yeah, that'd be the order. Lipinski first, then Sicily, then Zebel, then Cripps. I think. Yep. Easy done. Um, okay, Craig. Need to trade out Lipinski this week, but who else should go between Wilkie and Angus Brayshaw? Both are on field, and I'm currently thinking Brayshaw as his price is falling. It would be Wilkie to Taylor, or Taylor Adams, Taylor Adams or Brayshaw to Trelaw slash Billings. Um, Oh, interesting. Okay, so my first thought here was, you, firstly, you need to get a, grab a bit of cash. Um, yep. Uh, so, I, I don't... It's going to be tough to grab too much cash with these guys because obviously, like I said, Angus Brayshaw is starting to fall. Um, yeah. Wilkie's starting to come in. Is, is it the worst thing to go um, Wilkie to... Or actually, is it the worst thing to go Angus Brayshaw to Adams in this situation. So, one thing that you mentioned is you'd be going Wilkie to Adams or Brayshaw to Trelaw, which means you're going right up the top end. Mm-hmm. So, you're getting as good as you can. Yep. Why not try and grab a little bit of money? Because you need to get both of these guys out over the next two weeks. Yep, no question. Absolutely. And it's going to be very important to get some cash for this. If you go Brayshaw to Adams, mm-hmm. you're saving that extra 100 and something odd K. I think it, I think it's about 110 odd K. What's uh what's Trelaw priced at, Matt? Question without notice. Qu- a- absolute question. <laughs> Trelaw is 781. 781. So that is and, and Adams, Adams is 620 from memory, isn't yeah. it? So you're looking at 160k saving there. That is going to be massive in getting Wilkie up to some a very good defender the next week. Yep. So or a very good midfielder the next week. So I think you need to try and save a bit of money because if you bring Trelaw in this week, don't get me wrong, I really would want Trelaw in my side, but you're going to be getting in someone truly terrible next week um, because you're probably not going to have a whole heap of money in order to do it. Yep. Whereas that 160 you added on to Wilkie, you're at about 590 or so, so you're already almost in the ballpark of a decent And if you're defender. downgrading another, you know, uh, rookie off the bench, making another 100 or 150K off of them, you can really get close to some of those top-line defenders. So, or top-line uh, midfielders, if that if you're doing a little bit of a DPP action yeah. there. So, yeah, I would be maybe going towards um, uh, Brayshaw to Adams. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All righty. Um, next question was from Matt Mottram, who asks, or who says... Uh, he has Cripps, Murphy... Oh, excuse and, me. I'll take over. Cripps, uh, Murphy, and Dylan Clark at M6-8. Hind and Bewley on the bench, and Answorth at D9. Uh, help, please. Find me a downgrade and good but affordable M8. 
112k in the bank. Cheers, guys. We actually did some research on this. Yeah. We, oh, we, first of all, are you okay? I'm, I'm okay. I'm, you almost I'm, died I've been, there. I've been slowly dying for the past three weeks, Matt. It's a, it's a mixture of... Just so a heroic effort, you still doing most of the talking on this. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. <laughs> um, so, uh, we had a little bit of a look into yes. this. And crunching the numbers, how much money do we have to play all right. with here? So, there's 112 in the bank. Mm-hmm. We think of those three guys, Dylan Clark is obviously the one to look to move on first. Yeah, I think you definitely need to get because rid of Dylan Clark because we can give Murphy and Cripps a chance against Adelaide. Yes, they have a chance of scoring well. Yes. So, Clark is 437. You add that to... I, I think what we want to do first is um, we want to use one of your trades to mm-hmm. get um, rid of Answorth on your bench. Yep, so, your yep. D9... Uh, I think that you should bring in Frankie Watson because yep. he looks like he's going to hold his spot. He might make a bit of cash. That's not as important. Um, but he's going to be an emergency for you. Yes. Has the ability to score half decently and he's cheap as chips, 192. Yep. So if you do that, that for Answorth... That nets you 268,000. Great. Great trade. So you are... Uh, that, uh, is that 268 when you add it on to the 112? Yes, it is. Yes, there we go. So your, your total amount that you've got to spend is 268... We add that on to Dylan Clark, and we're looking at... 705. Perfect. So, any midfielder that strikes your fancy at 705, but of the ones that we saw... We've got Merritt at 696,000. So, if you don't have him, grab Merritt. That's an awesome option. Yeah. My, the one I quite like is Toby Green. Yeah, I like Toby Green too. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good option. So, it'll save you a bit of cash. You can use that to upgrade... Maybe a Crips or a Murphy if you don't like what they did. Yep. Um, and yeah, it gets I'll, Clark off the field for you, and you you still have an emergency. We think for exactly. this week in your backline. Exactly. So uh, Green or Merritt. I, I, I'd go Merritt first. If you don't have Merritt, that's a great one to bring in this week. Yeah, I think he's more likely to finish um, top eight at the end of the year. Exactly. So I hope that helps, mate. And I think we're going to end the questions there because we've been talking about a, a few of them for. For longer than we normally would so um, thanks everyone for messaging those in don't forget you can send them in anytime on Twitter we are at extended bench au more than happy to help out with your team selections or you know if you just want to vent about <laughs> some poor scores or brag about some good scores you know we don't mind either way um, and what we're going to do now is we're going to dive into our favorite game okay risk it for the risk biscuit. it for the biscuits Alrighty. Risk It for the Biscuit is back this week. I know we didn't get to it last week. Unfortunately, back from holidays and sickness and honeymoons for you, yep. it's um, it just became a little bit too much. Too much research to put it, I think. Well, I think it was more the fact that we just had no idea where we were up to. So. Exactly. So you cr- you've gone back to the archive and you've crunched yep. the numbers. Yep. So I'm not going to bore everyone with the week-by-week analysis. No, but don't do that. It bores me. The current score is <laughs> I'm on eight. You're on five. Not good for we're me. The home stretch now. Uh, if you, I've come if, back from worse than this, to be honest. We'll move on. <laughs> now, if you're new to the game, as always, um, this is where we pick someone that you can plug and play for one week in a draft format. Mm-hmm. We use Ultimate Footy to calculate who we think is eligible for this. We go with um, players that are 50% owned or less, just to make sure that there's a, a large number of them available mm-hmm. to you guys out there. Obviously, this is intended to... Um, allow you to cover a donut, or if you think someone has a particularly good matchup, if you've got a, a tough game that you have to win this week and you think you're up against it, that's what we're going for here. We're trying to find something just to 
get you over the line. Exactly. It's, it's that last push towards finals. You want that streamable option that can come in for one week and absolutely dominate or just do well. You know, there's a lot yep. of draft players who aren't even doing well at the moment. So, uh, now, because we've lost track, I think <laughs> we need to flip a coin to see who picks first because it's really, really obvious that both of us want one player <laughs> in particular. Yeah. So, all right, you got to call it in the air, Matt. What do you want? Tails never fails. It is a heads. So well, that go- didn't work. So it clearly failed. <laughs> so I'm going first and I'm picking Mason Redman. Of course you are. Because, look, I mean, I, I don't even feel like I need to go into the numbers too much because Mason Redman is absolute gold at the moment. He's he's playing that role. He's So he's just mm. playing that role where in the defense for Essendon, he's actually racking up those extra marks, whereas mm. players like McKenna, Saad, those sorts of guys try and move the ball quickly. He's the one that other players link up through. He's, so. sort of, he's seagulling around the outside of the packs a lot. Exactly. That man bun is everywhere. It is. Um, and and yeah, just I, I love what he's doing. Uh, he's available in how much? Did I write that He's down? 41% owned. 41% owned. See, why, I don't know why, but I wrote 31% owned. Um, <laughs> so 41% of league. So just go out and grab him if, if you've got the extra spot there. And over to you. All righty. I was a lot more confident with these before I got here, and now I'm looking at them, I'm going, oh, jeez, what was I thinking? Oh, these are God. horrible. Um, I am going to go Harry Himmelberg. Nice, yeah, that's GWS a really forward. That was that was That was my second one, so... Yeah, GWS forward, 31% owned. Um, his last three weeks, he's bookended a not-so-great 41 against Richmond with mm-hmm. two 98s yep. against Brisbane and um, Collingwood. He's got Port in Adelaide this week. Now, if it's bad port, or you're in for oh, you could be in for a treat. If it's good port, I, I mean, think he'll still be good enough. Yeah. But, um, yeah, when when Jezza Cameron and Finlayson are on, this guy could really get under the radar. Yeah. Or even if they're not on, he can get off the no, get I, off the leash. He's, I, I he's like a him. perfect third tall forward option. So. I quite like him. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good option. Himmelberg going to be a really interesting streamable one, I think, going forward for uh, for leagues mm. because he's very much a matchup based type exactly. guy. Exactly. Um, all right. So my next one. This this is a little bit from left field. I'll admit that. Um, I've gone with a GWS forward. Uh, mm. So another one like you, uh, but I've gone on the opposite end. So this is a really small guy. I've gone with Brett Daniels. Ah, nice. Now, I really like what this guy does. So he looked like he was everywhere the past couple of weeks, and he scored pretty solidly. So he's had a 75, followed that up with a 95 in the last two. Um, again, you just mentioned playing Port, and if bad Port rock up, which they're every chance to do, <laughs> yep. you, can, you can fill your boots a little bit. Mm. Um, and he's playing that tackling game that I like. So I really love it when small forwards um, and small forwards in general are streaming options. You know, there's not too many small forwards who average amazingly well for a whole season. But yeah, I just love the amount of tackles that he's laying. He laid five, he laid five last week and five the week before that. Um, he's hitting the scoreboard, uh, and and yeah, I just think he's a good option for this week, particularly against Port. It's a risk. Uh, yep. But that's the only way to get the biscuit. Alrighty. Very nice. <laughs> My you second like option... I did, yeah. I did. I always like when you can work the uh, the title of the segment in. It's what I do. Um, considering we only have one segment. <laughs> My second option is... Um, I'm not massively happy with this one, but I'm going to go Mitch Brown from Essendon. Oh, God. I knew you were going to go Mitch Brown because you mentioned him much more earlier than you should have. Continue. 
I wasn't until like 30 seconds ago. To be honest, I had someone else down, but I just wasn't confident with it. I'm not confident with this one either. But Mitch Brown, Essendon forward, 36% owned. Um, last two weeks, he had 81 versus North and 113 versus Adelaide. He plays Gold Coast Gold this week. Gold Coast, that's the, that's the a, kicker. He's so, that second-tier player, you know, like a geez, Redmond. He, I think he's a third-tier player. But yeah, so, they're the ones that seem to get off the chain. So. It is, yeah. They pay all that attention to the top three or four players in the team, and then they just don't care about the others. And they do get smashed by those other players. Yeah. So. so, Mitch Brown for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the other guy that I was tossing up, which is an even riskier one. Oof. But Mitch Lewis. Yeah, I like that. I like Mitch. I like I think the Hawthorne I'm... forward, he's 30% owned playing Brisbane down in Launceston mm-hmm. this week, and I just heard today that Harris Andrews has been suspended for a week. Yes, he has. So... Which makes this a whole lot more appealing. Mm-hmm. But just because of how young he is and the fact that Brisbane really have been Marcus Adams could yeah. probably play on him. He's got a big body. But I, I like what Mitch Lewis is doing. Yeah. Then again, I'm wondering if that's a little bit of bias just because he's playing so well in a footy sense. and He's gone 84 versus Collingwood. Good. 80 versus Frio. Yeah. 81 versus Geelong. Solid. That's really, really solid. Really I like solid. It. That's a really good option. So I actually, my one of my other options was perhaps even riskier than that, and that was Hayden McLean at 12%. Oh. Now, the only reason I did that, and I tried not to get sucked into the ridiculous yeah. in the first half, he's playing Geelong this week, a.k.a. Stanley. What is up with their rucks again? No, they're just terrible. They're just terrible. They Every don't year. have a good ruck lineup. Um, and, yeah, I don't know what's happening with Zach Smith. I don't know if he's injured. Does anyone have terrible. more mediocre rucks on their list than Geelong? No, because they've got so many rucks and they are all mediocre. I like what Radigalia does, don't get me wrong, but yeah. he's not a pure ruckman. He is that s- he's second ruckman mm. slash forward, and he plays that role very well. I really like Radigalia. But in terms of their number one ruckman, Stanley oh, is getting dominated, and he's not young like Tim English, who's also getting dominated, but is going to build into his Stanley's game. been around long enough that he this is his time. Yeah, Smith, Fort. Um, there's a, a fourth one in there, I Abbott. think. Abbott. There we go. Just most of them unsighted, mm. uh, realistically, this year. But like yeah, I say, that's so a good point. Hayden McLean playing against Stanley, that's the only reason. So if, you, if you're desperate, if you've got an injured ruckman, or you need a ruckman for one week... Um, yeah, not the worst option against Stanley. Fair enough. Uh, and cool. that yeah, will a do... couple of bonus options tonight. Exactly. That, and that'll do us for the week. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's podcast. We will be back next week as we creep closer to the finals. We're only a couple of weeks away. It's now. getting exciting. It's really getting close. So hopefully your matchups work for you this week. You get a win in your leagues. And hopefully your PODs get up this week, unlike they did for us. <laughs> and yep. uh, we'll catch you next week, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Catch you.